You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. I'm Angie, and in the studio with me is Mark Berg with Revive Ohio. Good day, Angie. We are in a series right now called Growing Faith, and it's been enlightening because we've gone in different ways on how to grow our faith. And it's just like any plant, any tree. It has to start somewhere. And last week we talked about the fact that it needed to start with a mustard seed faith and it needs to continue to grow. But this week we want to talk about how to actually show your faith. So where are we heading off to today? We're going to be looking at the text in James chapter 2 today. And Angie, you know, my faith is growing and studying and preparing for this one. It just keeps growing. But here's the context for this today of this conversation, starting in verse 14 of James chapter 2. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, and do not give him the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Verse 17 says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And finally, in verse 18 of this particular text, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Man, this opens up a big can of worms as far as talking about faith. We are saved by faith. We've talked about this many, many times on the program, Angie. Yes, But we also have talked a lot about how works can't save you. Right. So that's the big distinction. Works are important, but it's not important for salvation. And I know you're going to expound on it. So that's as far as I'll go for right now. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm going to flip over to Acts chapter 26. And this is a recount of Paul himself standing before King Agrippa and recounting his testimony of when he met the Lord, actually. And taking this in context in Acts 26, starting in verse 17, this is Jesus speaking to Saul, saying, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I will now send you to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are, here we go, sanctified by faith in me. So there's that word faith. And Jesus is basically, he's giving Saul his calling. He said, I'm calling you to that. So if just faith needed to end right there, Paul said, I believe, Lord, yes, you have visited me. But no, he said, I'm sending you on a mission to the Gentiles. And basically he goes through, here's what I want them to see. I want them to go from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. And he's saying, Saul, I'm sending you to do this. But let me finish this, Angie, in context again. Verse 19, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared it first to those who are in Damascus and in Jerusalem and through all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles. And here we go, that they should repent, turn to God and do the works befitting of repentance. 
And so here we are, these works as listed here. This is what Paul is being called, Saul, is being called to share with the Gentiles for them to repent, turn to God, and do the works befitting repentance. Now, what's interesting about that is we're going to go all the way back to Matthew chapter 3. And here's what's interesting about this, Angie, because this is John the Baptist and what he was telling the religious leaders at his time. So here is John the Baptist baptizing people, and the religious leaders of his time came to visit him. Starting in verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath that is to come? Interesting. What a great greeting, right? <laughs> what a great greeting. Hey, welcome, by the way, you brood of vipers. vipers. Yeah. <laughs> but here's what I want to focus on in this particular verse. The very next thing he says is, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. What is a fruit that would signify or testify to your repentance, to your faith? It is works. It is good works. Yeah, it's actually right? what you do, what you show yes. by your faith. Yeah. It's the same thing that James is saying here. Show me your faith by your works. So your faith will produce fruit testifying of your repentance. And that's what I'm getting at here today. In this context, Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 Jesus is saying here, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only those who do the will of my Father. So it's not just enough to just know him, acknowledge Christ in your mind, but allowing his spirit to produce the faith that will produce good works, that will testify to your faith. All I can think of is when Jesus says, they're going to know you are my disciples by the love, right? Yes. So how do we express love? It is a work, honestly. Yeah, that is a great segue. And I don't even think you knew I was going here, Angie, but this is awesome. In Matthew chapter 25, this is what he says in verse 37. Then the righteous will answer Jesus saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see that you are sick and in prison and come to you? And here's the crux of this, verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. There is a picture of helping meet people with needs, right? Faith is is producing good works. And what happened when Jesus brought it to their attention? They're like, we didn't even realize it because their faith was producing works. It was producing good works. It was producing good deeds, right? And they weren't even aware of it. Now, I won't get into this all in this particular lesson, but this is the exact same answer that the goats gave Jesus, <laughs> If you think about it, it's the same answer. Well, we didn't realize that you were doing that. We didn't realize mm. you had a need. Right. But it's the same answer. Lord, when did we see you that? Mm -hmm. But see, here's the difference. The righteous took care of them. They took care of those needs. They met those needs. And this is what Jesus is pointing out here. 
Inasmuch as you've done it to them, you have done it to me. Very, very good stuff. And finally, I'm going to wrap up this particular portion with 1 John chapter 3, and I'm going to start reading in verse 16, and this will hopefully put a cherry on top of this lesson, for by this we will know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart, or in the King James, his bowels of compassion, from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And Angie, that's what you were alluding to earlier. Right. You'll know that they're my disciples for their what? Love for one another. Right. Not just you say, I love you. You have to do it. You got to do it. Like you have to, you have to help meet the need. Right. And it's God saying, listen, in as much as you do, whatever you do to them, you're doing it to me because they're what? His children also. And so, yes, works alone do not save us. Right. But faith produces works, which pleases Jesus. It's back to being compelled by the faith that you have into works. Right. We want to do it. We want to do good things because we realize this incredible gift that we've been given. That's what it's boiled down to right there. Yeah. And what I love, Angie, is uh, you don't see an apple tree squinting and pushing really hard to produce apples, right? It just does. That's right. And Jesus said, like, the tree will produce the fruit after its own kind. Mm. And so if you have the good fruit in you, which is your faith, Mm -hmm. and that will produce good fruit. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, it's time for us to put this whole thing into practice. Let's go ahead and move over to our testimony. And with me today, as I do very frequently, is I'm super duper excited today because a dear friend of mine that uh, has been partnering and doing the very thing that we're talking about with God, partnering with God, I guess is how I'm going to say this. And uh, with me on the line today is Pastor Dave Rosnowski more affectionately referred to as Roz by most of his friends. And so welcome to the program today, Roz. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate uh, being here today and excited about what the Lord's going to speak. Amen. And that's one of the things that I love the most about Roz is uh, uh, he just is willing to open his mouth and let the Lord, let the Holy Spirit flow up out of him. And you're going to hear that today, but we are continuing our series of growing faith. And I can't think of a better person that walks that out or is a personification of that very thing than Roz. And Roz, when you hear that phrase, of course, you've been around the block for a few years like me, and you hear the phrase, grow your faith, what comes to your mind right away with that? Yeah, I think right away, it's just putting more trust trust in God and, and his word and his, and his promises and what what he says he can do and just believing uh, that he can do what he says he's going to do. And as a result of that, that uh, influences and uh, impacts our actions and our attitudes. Yeah, I love that, Roz. And of course, uh, you've got the same heart I do in knowing that we have to take new believers 
and we have to begin to disciple them. And you are also a great personification of that very thing too, Roz. But when you begin a journey or a relationship with a new believer, Roz, maybe you get introduced to, or maybe you've had the opportunity to lead them to Christ and you begin to tell them you need to grow in your faith. What are some of the fundamental things, Roz, that you would say or pour into that person to begin them on their journey of growing their faith? You know, one of the things is, is faith is active. You can't just say you have faith and do nothing. You know, we, we see that uh, so much today in the church that the churches uh, and even believers have become so passive. Uh, in their faith. And, uh, and and I don't believe that that's the way that Jesus wanted it. When he was calling those early disciples, he was calling them to move and to go and to be representatives of the gospel. And so um, fresh Christians and new believers, you know, we try to teach them right from the very get-go uh, to find out, you know, what, what has God called you to? What What is the assignment that God is calling you to do? And what, what are the gifts that God has given you that you can use them uh, for the kingdom and then put those things into action? You know, as we grow them spiritually and, and, and maturity, it's just natural that they begin to step out and walk that faith out. Yeah. So, Roz, I'm sure this is a common thing, but as you begin to disciple new believers and pour into them, one of the key things that we hear a lot is, well, I'm just not a preacher. I don't have the gifting to be able to get up in front of people and preach and teach and those things. What would you say to them if they gave you that question? Yeah, well, I would, I would take them to Moses. You know, when Moses was there and uh, God was calling him to go and set the people free um, that were in bondage, they were miserable. They had no hope. They, you know, were just in a really bad place in their relationship with the Lord. And God said, you know, Moses, I'm going to use you, basically a murderer and a nobody, to go and do my work. And Moses said that very same thing. He said, I don't know how to speak. And, and God said, you know what? I'll give you the words to speak. And, and that's exactly what he did. And Moses, when he spoke, he spoke with power and authority because the Holy Spirit was speaking through him. And God was using him. And so, you know, when, when, when we get out on the street, um, we truly believe that God is going to give us the words to say. We, we've never met these people. And, um, you know, we don't know what's going on in their lives. But the Holy Spirit reveals that. And God uses us to minister to them um, at that moment. So um, I would say that it's not about you and what you can do. It's about what God can use you to do. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's clearly evident, Roz, as you begin to walk these types of things out, you begin to see how God wants to use us to meet needs. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk about with you today on the air is you have a, a ministry, Roz, called Neighborhood Relief. And one of the things that God has called you to do in your ministry is to bring relief, bring help to meet needs. And listen, here's the thing. Maybe you can't preach and teach. Maybe you're not there yet in your faith journey. But can you help meet people's needs? Because 
when we talk about being the hands and feet of Christ, that is exactly what Jesus expects from us to be his hands and feet on the earth. So, Ross, can you talk just a little bit about that from your experience? Yeah. So, you know, the need is tremendous out there. Um, it's There's material need, there's spiritual needs. Um, there is a lot of hopelessness uh, in the world today. We, we all are aware of that. And, uh, and we have hope. Uh, we have the hope of Jesus. And um, I'm always reminded of the story of when the disciples were with Jesus and they were had all the people that were gathered there and they were hungry. There was this hungry as Jesus was uh, teaching, this hunger. And the disciples said, let's just send them home. Let's just send them home. And, you know, that's that's how we do it. Let's let's not be bothered with the problems that people have. And Jesus said, well, you feed them. You feed them, disciples. And they came back and they said, well, they made this huge excuse. And they said that would take a year's worth of wages. And then Jesus said something very important and very profound. He says this, but what do you have? But what do you have? And so he wants you to bring, boy, this is for somebody today. Amen. He wants you to bring what you have, not what you don't have. He doesn't care about what you don't have. He cares about what you have. And when you bring that to him and you place it in his hands, then he can do the miracles. Then he can meet the needs of the people. So many times we make excuses about, oh, I'm not a good preacher or I, I don't know how to do these things. But you know what, you know what, Christian, what do you have? What can you bring to the table as small as a few fish and a few loaves of bread, bring that to Jesus and let him multiply it to do miracles. And, and so that's what we do in our ministry. Every time we go out, we just say, okay, Lord, we don't have much and we're not much. We don't claim to be very much, but you know, whatever we have, we're giving it to you and God do miracles, do miracles with what we're bringing you. And we see it all the time miracles uh, week after week, day after day. So it's crazy to see what God can really do uh, if we let him. Yeah. And I'm just reminded here, Roz, that uh, you set a goal and you said, listen, based upon that scripture that you just shared, you said, Lord, I believe that we together, you and I, Lord, you and I can feed 5,000 people. And so Raj, you set a goal, you brought it before the Lord, and you said, Lord, I really want to be a part of feeding 5,000 hungry, hopeless, hurting people this year. And Raj, you brought your faith, and you brought what you had. Tell us what the Lord did with that, Raj. Yeah, this is amazing. So, you know, originally we had this event planned uh, called Fill the Stadium, and we were anticipating uh, over 5,000 people showing up in one day, and we were going to feed uh, those people a meal. And so that would have really been uh, the easy way to do it, <laughs> you know, Amen. To, right? But God, for whatever reason, uh, really wanted to stretch us in our faith, because when he spoke that word to me about feeding 5,000, he, he really said, do you believe that you can do this, that we can do this? And I said, Lord, I believe that you can do anything. And so when that got shut down because of COVID, 
I, I was like, well, maybe I didn't hear the Lord right. And then this is what happened. He mobilized us. He sent our faith into action. We began to go out on the street and set up in parking lots and start passing out free meals to people who were in desperate need, who had lost their jobs, who, who were very fearful. And we began to go out and feed people. And we were feeding two, 300 people. At one event we, we fed, and you were there that day, Mark, almost yep. 700 people at the fairgrounds came through. And we literally prayed with every single person that would let us. And we had people that were giving their lives to Christ right in the parking lot, not in the church, but in the parking lot um, as we prayed with them. And so we started to tally the numbers. And before you knew it, we had fed over 5,000 meals in our community. And I just began to weep and say, Oh, Lord, forgive me that I doubted you, but you, you can do anything. You can do anything. And so it's just that, that belief and that faith and just maybe sometimes just stepping out, stepping out and knowing that if God has called you to do something, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And you just need to be available. Amen. Amen. And what's amazing, Roz, is we second guess God's voice all the time, don't we? And then we go, and just like you described, Ross, well, maybe, maybe that wasn't you, Lord. And you know what? That holds us back sometimes because just the same as the serpent came to deceive Eve and all he said was, well, did God really say that? And she shrunk back. She changed her mind. But here's the amazing thing, Roz. Here's what I want people to hear from your heart. Roz, God took exactly what you had when you brought your all and laid it at his feet and he began to multiply it yeah. right yeah. before your eyes, Ross. And I bet you started going, we exceeded 5,000 Lord. And Lord's like, yeah, because you gave it to me and that's what I'll do. Talk about that a little bit, Ross. Yeah. You know, the passage of scripture in uh, Ephesians, it says that um, God can do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine. And we quote that scripture, but again, do you believe it? Do we minimize God? And so that was just the case was not only did we meet the 5,000, but we kept going after that. And even to this day, we're still feeding people on the street and bringing hope. So Mark, it's a matter of surrender. You hit it right on the nose is surrendering our will to the call and the assignment that God has for us. And again, the church cannot sit back and shrink. The Bible says you cannot shrink back. We're shrinking back as Christians. We're, we're holding back because of fear. We're, we're holding back because there's things that are maybe not exactly right. And we've got to get past those things with our faith and really begin to step out as the church and do the things that God has called us to do. There are people that are suffering and don't know the Lord. And we, we have the answer. Mark, we have the answer. And God is calling yes. us to go. We do, Ross. You know, I'm just, I'm bubbling up here with pure joy because I, I love it that when you take out, and sometimes 
in the very beginning, when God's calling you to something and you're, first of all, you're trying to even discern, is this really the Lord even? But I'm telling you guys that God wants to meet needs. He wants to meet needs everywhere and he will supply everything that you need to do that. He just needs our hands and feet and our mouth. He needs our availability. And so what I want listeners to to grasp a hold of today maybe you've had an unction maybe it's to help feed people maybe it's to share good news maybe it's just to pray with somebody and it doesn't matter Roz you've seen this one's not better than another but it is the body of Christ working together with God in partnership with him in presenting the gospel period however that is, meeting people's needs. But here's the beautiful thing of it, Roz, and this is why, like you just said, I'm still going. Why? Why are you still going? Because you brought whatever you had. God increased it beyond what you could ask or think, and he's still going, and he's still using you. And, Roz, I think it's safe to say it's addictive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's no greater feeling in the world than to – be used by God. And you know what? Um, There's no greater uh, feeling in the world to know that you're doing what God has called you to do. You know, if you're, and I'm just going to speak this because if you wake up in the morning and you're just already frustrated with the day and you don't really want to get the day started, you're probably not doing what God has called you to do. Because when you're doing the things that God has called you to do, there's a joy. There, there's a fulfillment in that. And, and God just continues to fill you up and pour you out. And so, so that's why we keep going. That's why we keep doing it, because it is tiring. It is uh, weary work. But you know what? There's such joy in seeing God just do miracles and, and being used by him. So I just think that it just comes back to, here I am, Lord, send me. You know, that Isaiah chapter six, you know, whom shall I send? And, and just answering that call. Here I am, Lord, send me. And so, Roz, as we begin to wrap up today's episode, just thinking about what we want to leave with those listeners, because what I'm praying is the Holy Spirit is beginning to work on people's hearts. He's beginning to stir them and say, this is what I've been telling you. And yet they're thinking I just don't know if I have the faith right now to make that first step, right, Ross? What would you say? Yeah, well, and that's it. What I always am uh, led to do is to take one step in the direction that I feel that the Lord is taking me. And, and I just pray. I say, God, if I'm heading in the wrong direction, just shut the doors because I don't want to be out of your will. I don't want to be out of your plan. And I just begin to walk through those open doors. The Bible says that the doors that the Lord opens that no man can close. And so being led by the Holy Spirit, just like Paul, Paul, when the Holy Spirit shut it down, Paul didn't go. But when Paul felt the Holy Spirit moving and leading him into a certain direction, he went. And so You've got to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't listen to your flesh. Don't listen to your best friend. Don't listen to your, come on, this is for somebody. Don't listen to your family. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if you can't see it all worked out, 
listen to the Holy Spirit and take a step in the direction that God's calling you to go right now today, Christian, and he will not fail you. Your faith will be increased and God will do great and mighty things for his kingdom and for, for his glory. Amen. Amen. Well said, brother. And, you know, again, we're in the middle of this series called Grow Your Faith. There's no better way to grow your faith than to put it out there for the Lord to take and help you grow it. Right. And so you got to take that first step. Of course, we know that the Bible says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Right. Which means what? We got to take that first step. Roz. And so what's happening is we're saying, Christian, come on, take that first step. The Lord will start adding to it. He will start growing your faith. And again, what we're talking about today is faith without works is dead. James chapter two. And so it's like, put your feet to your faith, put your arms, put your hands, put your fingers, put your body as a living sacrifice toward growing your faith and God will bring the increase. Amen. 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 So listen, uh, it has been such a great thing. Roz, here's what I'm saying. Keep your ears and eyes open because I want to have you back. Time goes really fast here, but I want the listeners to hear more of your heart, get to know you even more. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at ShineFMOhio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.